Hey, so I'm so excited that you're here today. Thanks for joining me. Today we're going to be talking about chaos. Let's acknowledge Jesus. Jesus, you said that you'd be where we are. When we gathered in your name, you'd be here. And so we just acknowledge your presence. We thank you so much that you are here and that you want to teach us. We thank you that you're preparing us for the day that we stand before you. And we just appreciate it so much. We give you all the glory in your name we pray. Amen. And so that really is what he's doing. He's preparing us for his return or for when you leave here. Either way, we're going to stand before him and we're going to be telling him what kind of Christian we were. If you wear his name, you know, then you're really saying you committed to him. If you say you're a Christian, it's not just about saying a prayer and thinking that, you know, that's it. I said that prayer and now I'm saved. But being a Christian is wearing his name and living in his kingdom and being in agreement with him. And in order to be in agreement with him and to live in his kingdom, you have to know him. So you have to take the time to get to know him. He's a real person. He's a relationship. And so it's just not a prayer. Just not saying, okay, I'm asking you to come live on the inside of me. And then you just go live your life back the same way you were before. Being a Christian is living a changed life, living committed to him. And today he's going to tell us why he wants to um, point out to us why we have chaos in our life. And when we think that we're Christian and we're not, we're really living separated from him. And that's why we're frustrated that our prayers aren't answered. We talked about that yesterday that our prayers aren't answered, and he wants us to have understanding so we know what's going on, so we know where we stand, how he's looking at things. And he he sounds kind of stern here to me when he's talking, and I want to read it to you. Galatians 6, verse 7 says, Do not be deceived and deluded. God is not mocked. Don't, I I miss this, and misled. God will not allow himself to be sneered at, scorned, disdained, or mocked by mere pretensions and professions. So just intending or saying, right? Um, Or by his precepts being set aside, he inevitably deludes himself. He who thinks attempts to delude God. For where whatever a man sows, that only is what he will reap. And since I kind of messed it up, I'm going to read it again. Do not be deceived and deluded and misled. God will not allow himself to be sneered at, scorned, disdained, or mocked by mere pretensions and professions or by his precepts being put aside. He inevitably deludes himself who attempts to delude God. For whatever a man sows, that and that only is what he will reap. And then verse 8 says, For he who sows to his own flesh his lower nature, his sensuality, will from his flesh reap decay, ruin, and destruction. But he who sows to the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. And so there's two choices here. Either you're going to serve your flesh And serving your flesh is really just doing what you feel like doing. You know, your flesh is always talking to you. Just wants to do what it wants to do. Your flesh is self-willed. Your flesh is what the enemy uses to try to control you because he knows if you live sowing to your flesh, you're going to reap, what did we just read? Destruction. 
And so either we can pay attention to our flesh, which really is sowing to our flesh. You know, what you can ask yourself, what is my life about? What do I think about all the time? You know, are you thinking about your car all the time? Are you thinking about your house? Are you thinking about this of yours and that of yours? And, you know, when you do that, you're really having a God before God. It's an idol. And anything that you think about or give your attention to or constantly working at, then that is your God and you're sowing to the flesh. But if we're sowing to the Spirit, we're going to continually be seeking after God. And Jesus said that in Matthew 7, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. And when you keep on seeking, you keep on knocking, you're going to get revelation knowledge. You're going to find out how to live in the kingdom of God. And that's what it's all about. God is that precious stone. And um, it doesn't come without you working for it. It doesn't come. I mean, it's easy to serve God. That's not what I mean. But you got to work to keep on seeking and keep on knocking and keep your attention on him is what I'm meaning to say. Because if you don't, Jesus warned us in Mark 4, the enemy comes. As soon as you hear the word of God, he's going to try to steal it from you because he doesn't want you to live with God here and now or when you leave here. And if you're thinking here and now, yeah, here and now, when you live in the kingdom of God, when you ask Jesus to come and live on the inside of you, God's spirit comes and lives on the inside of you, and you're living in the kingdom right here, right now. You're living in the kingdom right here on the earth, as Jesus did. When he came, he lived in God's kingdom on the earth. He didn't conform to our way of doing at all. And that's what God is asking us to, to not do, to conform to his way, to keep on seeking him, keep on giving him your attention, keep on seeking, keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. When we're giving God our attention all the time, what we're really doing is saying, I want to live in your kingdom. I want to live with you when I leave here. I don't want to be living separated from you. It's going to be what you live for, you know, and and some people think people like that are overboard and we're living on the earth and everything's fine and everybody's going to heaven and they're so laxed about it, they don't understand that God is sternly saying to us here today that you can't trick him. You know, what you sow and that only is what you reap. So if you're not overboard, if you're not on fire for Jesus, if you're not continually sowing to know God, to get your mind on Him and what He's calling you to do and thinking about that eternal life with Him when you leave here, then you're really being deceived. You're, you're really thinking that something's going to happen that's not going to happen. You know, we hear the word and hear the word, James tells us, and um, God wanted me to bring this up today, that we hear it and hear it, but if we don't do it, we're deceived. We're, and you might be in that place where you're thinking that, well, I hear the word, I do the word, I go to church, I do everything I know to do, but there's a few things that I think are way out there. Maybe you're thinking, and I don't think God expects it of me, but God said right here, if you if you are if you're sowing to something that exactly is what you're going to reap and he's not mocked you can't just put his precepts aside because you decide that you're going to do that that you decide it's okay it's not okay with him so it can't be okay with you that is if you want to live with him in his kingdom living in his kingdom again is living with him on the inside of you 
his way, when you're seeking after him in his way, preparing not only to um, be a part of what he's doing here on the earth, but to be a part of what he's doing, what he's planning when we leave here to have eternal life with him. And so that's the word that I have for us today is that we can't just be hearing this stuff and thinking we're right with God because then we're deceived. There's so many people living in sin and they think it's okay because they kind of made their own rule. Well, it's okay because of the circumstance in my life and that circumstance in my life. And it's really not okay. God is not mocked. A man will reap what he sows. Whatever you put your energy on, if it's if it's to the flesh, you are going to reap destruction. He's clearly saying that. And if you put your energy into seeking after him and living in his kingdom and preparing for when you leave here, being about his business, making it important to you that you love your neighbor as yourself, that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind so that you care so much about what he's thinking about that you sit there and you listen, that you take the time for him, that you get to know him. Keep on seeking, keep on knocking, and you're going to know him more and more, and he's going to share his heart with you more and more, and you're going to be living in the kingdom of God right here on the earth, and then you are going to reap life everlasting, and you're not going to have all that chaos going on in your life. I started out um, saying that... um, our, our message was about chaos, and that is exactly what it's about. If you have chaos, chaos in your life and you're thinking, you know, we talked about the unanswered prayer. These prayers aren't being answered, and this is going on, and it's just one thing after another. And, you know, you're even rebuking the devil, and, and you're just getting frustrated, frustrated and wondering why God isn't doing something. And then we start saying, oh, it's God's timing and this and that. We have all these excuses, but actually what you're doing is you're sowing to your flesh. That could be the issue for you. That's what God is saying today. So um, I'm not pointing any fingers, but I easily get in that place. And we have to have that constant correction to say that you are sowing to the flesh. You're looking at your flesh as the most important thing. The, the things around you, the things around you that are temporary, and those really are our God. And, and so when you have that chaos in your life, then um, it, it's really the enemy just causing one thing after another. You know, he's trying to make God look bad along with you looking bad as a Christian. You know, when you call yourself a Christian and you have all this chaos going on in your life and... Um, your prayers aren't answered. Other people who don't know God look at you and think that is, that's what it is. And so we're misrepresenting God and as we're saying a Christian. And really the enemy is the one in our life that is our God because he has everything to do with your flesh and how you feel. And, you know, that's another thing. You know, I feel this and I feel that. And, you know, I'm afraid of this and I'm afraid of that. You're just giving the enemy reins in your life. And he is magnified. God isn't. And I believe that would make God really angry when we call ourselves. And I'm just saying what I think when we call ourselves Christians, yet we're really magnifying the enemy. And when we magnify God, we're going to be living in his kingdom. We're going to be blessed when we go in, blessed when we go out. 
And I realize we're not all there yet, but we got to be growing up in Him. And that's part of sowing to your spirit, is you're taking the time to get to know Him. You're taking the time to get on your knees. You're taking the time to have that surgery of letting Him get those dead branches off of you so that you can glorify Him. So that when you have a prayer, it gets answered and you're bringing glory to Him. You're proving to be a true disciple of His. John 15, 8. Jesus said that. I didn't say that. So you can look at it as being a fake disciple, a false prophet when you wear that Christian name, and yet at the same time, you're not in agreement with Jesus. You can read that in John 15, 1 through 8. If you're not in agreement with God, then um, your prayers aren't going to be answered. Then you're going to have chaos in your life. And that's the message God wanted me to share with you today. If you feel troubled, if you feel frustrated, if you feel like, you know, there's one thing after another. I once heard the sermon, I thought it was awesome. And um, the, the man was talking about God's umbrella of protection that is over us. And when we walk out from that protection, we walk out. And But if we stay under that protection by our obedience to God, by sowing to our spirit. Well, that wasn't all of his message, but I just thought the umbrella thing was cool. <clears throat> and maybe it was, I don't even know. It was so long ago, but it, it's a good analogy. If you're under that umbrella, you're protected, and Satan can't be constantly um, causing chaos in your life because of God's power, his protection, that even comes from the revelation knowledge of you having the power to rebuke the enemy. You know, we can rebuke the enemy with no power. And, um, you know, if, if, we're, if he's our God and we rebuke him, you know, he's probably just sitting there going, yeah, sure, okay, I'm your God, I'm the one leading you, but here you're trying to rebuke me. And so that's why we don't want to sow to our flesh because he is in control of all those earthly desires. Look at the way he tempted Jesus. He said, if you bow down to me, I'll give you all this stuff, right? In the garden, he got Adam and Eve to um, eat off of that tree. And so he was their God. And whatever he's getting you to do, that he is your God and he knows that. And so he can just, he can just run around in your life and cause one problem after another. And you know, what, the other thing is that um, the problems we have in our life without God when we're sowing to our flesh is a lack of revelation knowledge. You know, if we don't have the revelation knowledge of how to love and get along with people, then that, you know, the enemy doesn't even have to do anything. He just, he sits there and watches us struggle. We're going to struggle without God. We need God. And when you sow to the Spirit, you're going to get more and more revelation knowledge. Jesus said that. He said, pay attention to what you hear. For the one who has, more will be given. But even the one who doesn't have, because you haven't paid attention, even what you had is going to be taken from you by force. And so that's a lot to think about right there. Give God your attention. He's not just, you know, um, someone you can just, like, take advantage of, <laughs> just like he just said. You can't take advantage of him. Either you choose him or you, you choose the enemy. And you choose the enemy 
by having God's before God, by laying his precepts aside and just doing what you feel like doing. And I just want to warn you that, you know, so many people say that, you know, I feel this, I feel that, well, I don't feel like it, well, I feel like it, you know, and if you do what you feel like doing, you're sowing to your flesh and you're going to reap destruction. You want to do the right thing, and it feels good to do the right thing, and it feels good not to have chaos in your life. I just feel God prompting me. You know, when I when I first started getting a hold of this stuff, I was so glad to get rid of all that chaos in my life. My life used to be so chaotic. One thing after another would be happening because I served my flesh. Your flesh can cause so much chaos in your life. It's just unbelievable. But when you start being diligent and self-controlled, you know, Peter said that. He said the enemy is roaming around like a roaring lion. And we got to get self-controlled and we got to be watchful to make sure that we are taking heed to the voice of the Lord our God. Psalms 91 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. I I will say the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I can rely, trust, confidently trust, for He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His pinions, and under His wings you shall find trust and find refuge. His truth and His faithfulness are a shield and a buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror of the night, nor the arrow that um, the evil plots and slanders of the wicked that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that stalks in darkness of the destruction and the sudden death that surprise and lay waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your right side and a ten thousand at your left or vice versa, but it shall not come near you. Only a spectator shall you be yourself, inaccessible, a secret place of the Most High, as you witness the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord your refuge, the Most High your dwelling place. There shall no evil befall or your plague nor any plague or calamity come near you. For he will give his angels a special charge over you to accompany and defend and preserve you in all your ways. They shall bear you up on their hands, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the otter and the young lion, and the serpent shall you trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he knows and understands my name has a personal knowledge of my mercy. I love that part because you know and understand his name because you have a personal knowledge of his mercy, love and kindness, trust and relies on me, knowing I will never forsake him. No, never. He shall call upon my name and I'll answer him. I'll be with him in trouble. I'll deliver him and honor him with long life. I'll satisfy him and show him my salvation. When you make the Lord your God, um, your, your, your hiding place. He's going to take care of you. You're going to um, witness the reward of the wicked. I love it where he says, because he knows my name and my mercy. Because you know him, you're just going to have this protection. 
He's going to protect you. He's going to be with you always. And what a satisfaction of knowing that. All the things that are scary in this world that are going on, you know, to have his protection of all those things. Just think of it. We got to get closer to God. We have to know him more. We got to get rid of the chaos by relying on him, depending upon him, going to him for our answers instead of thinking we know so much that we got to figure it out instead of blaming God for the things in our lives that are happening. It's our lack of knowledge. Hosea says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. So the word today is get rid of the chaos and just seek him. Keep on seeking, keep on knocking, and that door will be open to you. Keep looking to him, so to the spirit, so that you are not sowing to your flesh. When you sow your, to, to the spirit, you're going to have revelation knowledge. You're going to have God telling you things to come. Jesus said he would remind you, the Holy Spirit would remind you of the things that he said and so much more. It's worth spending your life seeking after God. And it's not worth spending your life just seeking after temporary things that are are just temporary. The earth is going to burn if you didn't know that. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And you want to be in that new heaven and new earth. You don't want to just think so because you said a prayer, but you have to have a personal knowledge of Him. So if you never asked Jesus to come and live on the inside of you, I would just like to say that prayer with you right now. All you have to do is ask him. Revelation 3.20 says that he is knocking at the door of your heart. And if you invite him in, he's going to come in. He's going to dine with you. You know what that means? He's going to hang out with you. He's going to be there for you all the time. So all you have to do is ask and he bore your sickness, your disease, your sorrow, your pain, if you didn't know that. He got on the cross. He shed his blood for you. He gave up his life for you. He said, I have the power to lay down and pick it up again. No one takes my life from me. He did it for you and for me so that we can live well. He wants us to live well in his kingdom right here and right now. He wants to add things to you. You know, when, when you sow to your spirit, you're adding, I mean the flesh, you're adding stuff to you. Your life is all about the stuff. It's all about you. But when you sow to the Spirit, God is going to add things to you. He's going to surprise you. He's going to bless you. He has more for you than you can ask or think. But He has to be your God. And so anyway, let's go ahead and say that prayer. Ask Him to come and live on the inside of you. And then commit to live in His kingdom, to live that changed life that He's calling you to live. Dear Jesus, we're asking you right now to come and live on the inside of us and be our God. Teach us your way. Help us to be sowing to getting to know you, giving you our attention, living our life your way. Help us to know if we're setting one of your rules aside, one of your precepts, one of your laws of love. Your laws are of love. They're important. You're not dictating to us. Help us to get that. But just to know that you, you're you just wanting good for us. We're your children, and you only have good for us. So we're asking you to come, live on the inside of us, and be our God. Show us the way. We love you. We praise you. We give you all the glory in your name. We pray. Amen. 
Now, if you said that prayer, I would love it so much if you would let me know. He is living on the inside of you. If you come in agreement with him, he's going to stay there. You're going to be in agreement, John 15, 1 through 8. And then you're going to start asking and receiving. He wants you to look to him, not to yourself. Faith is totally relying on him, not yourself. You know, so many times we, we, we have the enemy rushing us to make a decision. Wait. I just want to encourage you just to wait. Because if you wait, he's going to give you the right answer. And you're not going to be stepping out. You know, the enemy, I just want to say this, he's always going blah, 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 blah. He's always talking, trying to tell you what to do, trying to give you ideas, anything opposed to God. And God is that still, small, wise voice that you hear when you keep on seeking and you keep on knocking, get on your knees. Put on some worship music. Just keep seeking him all day. Keep talking to him. And you're going to know when he talks to you. You're going to recognize um, his voice. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And they know the voice of a stranger. And that's in John 10. You can read it yourself. And if you just said that prayer, you want to just devour the word of God. Because as you get to know God. Um, the Word of God. You're getting to know God. He's so good. He's so in love with you. Thanks so much for listening today, and God bless you.